river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 109. Okay, so when last we left you, um, you had you and Rebetti had teamed up, kicked Jibon's army's ass, yep. or rather that is still happening. Yeah. Um, and you and the Clockwork King have found yourself in the melee, um, fighting off any number of vicious Jan trying to stab at you with their various scimitars and things. Yep. Um, and at some point you see Javun and break for, break for the clearing and Kaelin tries to rush him. And then you see Erevedi sort of doing the same thing from his side. Yeah. And the two of you enter and as the chaos rages around you, you see Javun turn around and did we end right there? Oh, um, he'd endeavoured to negotiate with us, ah, and yes, um, yes. Kaelin had yes, expressed that... you gold and riches and etc, etc. Kaelin indicated that what he wished for was for um, Javun's head to come clean off its shoulders, and um, Erevity said something to the kind of this one time, I agree with Kaelin twice, Mark. And, um, and then we rushed in great swords of the ready. Yep. So what you've basically got on your map here is um this is pretty much fairly basic just for just terrain that you're in because you're just outside of Elk's Rest. So yeah. the hex may be forested but forested but the bit you're fighting in has been well cleared. Yeah. Um and what you've got there is it's just flat on interesting ground, there's no terrain of any useful variety. That circle is the space that the other combatants are giving you on the basis that none of them actually want to come all that close to um, Erevetti, you, or Javun, depending on which army they're representing. Yeah. Um, anyone who ends up, ends their turn outside that circle is going to basically take swarm damage as you just get stabbed by people. Cool. Understood. The army is not coming in to fight you, but there is an army battle raging on around you. Cool. Uh, and that applies to Javon as well, because your guys are out there and will stab him cheerfully as well. Sweet. Cool. Alright. So he offers you money, power, wishes, wealth. Uh, 
Very well, very well then. If you will not take a good deal when it is offered to you, mortal, then you will have to die. He reaches up, looking very confident to himself, and yeah, you've you've got weapons all out and ready to go. Oh as yeah, does he? Because he's fought his way through the melee here. Um, he will fire a scorching ray at you. Yep, as he. Oh, very well then, mortal. You will have the death you crave. <laughs> Let's go of his falcon with one hand, throws a finger out to you, and a small ray of fire streaks out towards you. But almost certainly hits you. It's a touch attack. It's a ranged touch attack, isn't it? Uh, uh, it, it, it is a ranged touch attack. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had to roll pretty darn poorly for it not to, then. Yeah. What's he aiming for here? An 11. Okay, cool. So he hits that with copious ease. Yep. And Kalen may take 17 points of damage. Yep. And then, moving his fingers very rapidly, he casts a quicken something or other, and disappears. Ah. And then possibly moves and possibly doesn't. However, there's only so far he can go. Excellent. Hiravetti's eyes track around the battlefield looking for Javon. Um, and then he starts speaking to you in of all tongues dwarf. Cool. Um, I do not think that the Afrit will have deemed to teach himself the language of dwarves. This will, be, this will be the safest way for us to communicate. He is here invisibly, but he will not remain so for long. And there are many steps forward out moves. And as he is moving, he has his bastard sword blight in one hand, and then with the other hand he reaches out very quickly to his pack, flicks something out, um, pulls out a scroll, and begins casting it. Um no, he is going to do this. So he, if he provokes, you will choose not to take it. And invokes several words under his breath. And then there is this sort of flickering light that goes shimmer out from across the battlefield. And Juvun appears. Sweet. Visible to all. Cool. 
His invisibility has been purged. <laughs> nice. And that is all of Irabiti, uh, and basically, I will give you bits on his fighting style as it goes on, because you'll be seeing it, and he'll be seeing it for you, to the extent that I'm actually going to take notes for him as he watches you use your assorted feats and capacities. Yeah. Um, as becomes rapidly obvious to you, he not only has quick draw, he also has lightning draw. Nice. So he can manipulate draw and sheath objects as a free action, basically. Yeah. Um, the Jan fight on around you gloriously, and Kaelin is you. Cool. Kaelin will move into the circle. Yep. Um, quick sheath, um, gatekeeper, and draw and drink a potion of resist fire. Very nice. Um, which Kaelin packed earlier for this exact purpose. Yep. And then quick draw gatekeeper again. So, so Reverity knows that I have quick draw, but not lightning draw. What's that giving you? 10... Um, yeah, it gives me 10 DR versus fire. Yeah. Among other things, you actually don't need to do any of the manipulating of your sword because you only need one hand. Oh, he's pull out the potion. Sword. Yep. Plug. Yeah, that's right. Then, um, um, what he sees is that you doubtlessly have exotic weapon proficiency bastard sword. Yeah. Which is not exactly a big surprise. Yeah. Uh, as possibly does Erevetti. You haven't yet seen him use the sword or not. He can hold it in one hand, fine. Actually, um, Kalen sometimes takes exotic weapon proficiency bastard sword, but it's not his normal thing. He usually yep. two-hands gatekeeper, and um, he only t- he only one-hands it when he's fighting with the tower shield, which he's not doing presently. Right, so you haven't, you haven't got that? And I haven't got that at present. Sure. Um, but I am. I can. I can hold the sword in one hand. While yes, I yes, you can indeed. And Irvini's doing the exact same thing. So yeah. he may or may not be proficient, exotically proficient yeah. with bastard swords either. No, um, Irvini wouldn't know this, but Kalen's only done that when he really, really needs the AC badly enough to invest in a temper in a, break out his tower shield. <laughs> All right, and that is Kalen's turn. Kaelin, having, having fought this guy in the past, he went and got a potion of resist fire. Because it's hard to argue with. So it, what's it, the 10 fire resistance, or is the fire in on? It's 10 fire resistance. Cool. So, um, it will, um, he can still hurt me with fire damage, and if he drops a big one, it'll, it'll hurt a moderate amount. But yep. um, it um, will reduce the amount of fire damage I take each time. Um, Javon looks across to Irabetti. says... This was not your concern. You should not have interfered. All wars that come to the River Kingdoms are my concern, Ifrit. <laughs> you, like this half-orc, are an arrogant play king, and you will pay for your arrogance, human. Really, really closes on him and takes a swing at him with the Falcian. Yep. He will miss Irovetti with that. Or rather, he hits him as Irovetti is turning, and there's a stripe across the armor. That's right. And it doesn't seem to do anything much. Uh, of note to you, uh, Javon is putting out sufficient heat that as he brings his arms close to Irovetti, there is fire damage being dealt effectively. If yep. he hits him, he deals extra fire damage by virtue of being a giant Ifrit, as opposed yep. to anything that's on the weapon. Cool. And then it is... Eravetti's turn. Eravetti. 
He will. Hmm. An interesting choice. And he sort of looks acro- looks across at you and you know something to resist fire. A wise oh. a wise precaution. Oh I okay, well, it says in dwarven. Yeah, yeah. All the basically yeah. any communicator that he has with you he is doing in fluent dwarven. Yeah. Um he flicks into his bag again, pulls out another scroll, uh, begins casting it. And, uh, yep. Uh, casts defensively successfully without having to make a check of any kind. Interesting. Um, so he must be ridiculously good at the old concentration? Uh, yeah, because he can't fail on one. Yeah. Um, but... It's not actually that. It's he's taking ten on it. Ah, sweet. Which you are usually not allowed to do under pressure. So he's but got some clearly kind of he has got some kind of capacity. Um, skill mastery is a high end rogue thing that you can get that allows you to take ten on a bunch of skills. Uh, so he takes ten on a concentration check, passes the defensive casting check immediately. Sweet. And casts something on himself. There's another shimmer, and he's obviously casting resist fire on himself as well. Excellent. And the Jan continue to muck out. In fact, we can just push them onto delay because they're not going to do anything at this stage. Yep. And Caitlin. Cool. Now, um, the big has the big guy got um has the big guy got reach? Yes, quite certainly. He's big. He's large. He's got a large sized bastard sword. It won't um, but it won't if I just five foot step in, Correct. it won't provoke. Yeah, um, he does a lot of damage with one of his hits. I'll move to flank as I go around. Yep. But for right now, Kaelin just step five foot. Ste- the other thing is, I want to do a full attack. So Kaelin five foot steps in, um, and um, takes his swing at Javon with Gatekeeper. Yep. Which is going to be the first of three. All right, Kaelin nearly crit fumbles, but the power of Titania protects him from such things. And at which point he critical threats. Yep. Javon so has all the his yeah. you know. So um, that's a 31 to confirm. Uh, that will do it. Sweet. This is really a so, um Javon is, among other things, like wearing armour, his skin is hard, etc, etc, etc. I can't remember, does he have any other acid resistance? Javon? Yeah. No. Cool. Alright. Neither particularly resistant to it nor particularly affected. Yeah, alright, so that's 28 points of um, great sword damage as I double the critical but don't double the acid. Cool. He takes that. And then I hit him again. Yep. And that's a 26 on the second one. Uh, that will hit as well. Excellent. Um, and I deal him another 22 points of damage. Yep, 30, 50, yep. Yep, um, well, well, better on the numbers that time, and then, uh, 24 on the third attack. That will miss. Okay, that's useful information. Javelin parries your way. Yep. So, yes, Kaelin hits him for quite a lot of greatsword damage. 
Yep. And Javon largely seem, takes 50 points of damage and doesn't seem all that troubled by it. Yep. A big wall of hit points. I am perfectly prepared to just keep hitting him. Speaking of which, um, he will look at this, looks pained as he begins to bleed. Mortal, you have no idea of the heat you are bringing upon yourself. I will not simply take what I, I will not simply take the woman and the child I have come for. I will take everyone in your kingdom for this insolence. And he snaps his fingers, uh, and actually, that is still not spell abilities, so he doesn't have to do jack shit with that. No, that's supernatural abilities, is it? I can't remember. What? I can't remember spell like abilities provoke or not. It is relevant given he's standing in melee with the Yeah, yeah well, he, if, it, if yeah, so, he'll he, do different things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have no verbal, somatic, material, focus, or XP components, so he doesn't have to do anything. Sweet. It just happens automatically. Uh, he does this, however, as a quickened action and casts something, and a wall of fire springs to life around him. With the fire burning out towards the two of you. And... Uh, Dealing you both a whopping ten points of fire damage. Okay. Which, of course, does nothing nothing to you. That's the thing about lots of low-level fire effects. Is, um, That's a fair thing to be doing, so... He will put the wall around here. So okay. people will have to go through it if he moves back again. So, quickened, quickened wall of fire. Sweet. Then he turns on Iriveti and brings his Felsian around and endeavors to hammer through his defenses. Yep. Uh, making three attacks on him. Three. First one will absolutely hit. Uh, the second one will not. And third one on a 28 will. Okay, so two of these blows go through. Uh, the extra heat damage does nothing to Irvetti whatsoever. Yep. Because his resist fire soaks it all. Yep. Um, and does Irvetti 29 points of damage? Yep. Um, and when you see Javun cut savagely into him with the Spelsian, uh, cuts appear on Javun as well. Ah. It is backlashing onto him in some comparatively minor way. He's not taking all the damage he just dealt. Right, so, but that's presumably some effect Irvetti has or has up or something like that. Who knows? Irvetti yeah. didn't put anything on as yeah. he was coming in, but he could well have 
enchanted armor, yeah, etc., etc., etc. Well, it's got to deal damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two. And that one is twenty-six points of damage. Yes, uh, um, he is actually moderately nasty here. Iruvetti grunts and staggers back with some rents in his armor. And Javun looks very surprised and looks at his weapon yeah. a couple of times, like he was expecting Iruvetti to just go down. He did something vaguely similar um, when it was when he was fighting you. Yeah, yeah, he was expecting to kill me in a couple of rounds. Yep. Yeah. But Irovetti is still standing and looks hurt, but relatively okay. Yep. And that is all of him. Yep, it is Irovetti's turn. Castrucio Irovetti. He is strong. So he is strong, impressively so. And will reach back into his bag and it will be wisest to defend yourself. And pulls out a tower shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then starts one-handing Blight. Yeah. Which, yes indeed, he has both proficiency with tower shields and proficiency with bastard swords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he will take three shots at Javon with Blight one-handed. Right, because he's got lightning draw. Yes, so he pulls the Tower Shield out. Uh, The Tower Shield incidentally clearly appears from what's obviously a magical bag. He doesn't have a Tower Shield on him. He reaches back into his pack. Yeah, he's got a handicap. Pulls it out, and the Tower Shield just kind of goes blip into existence. Makes sense, because he's got lightning draw. Yeah, and... um, You've seen him whip two scrolls out of there, and God knows how many how many more he's got in there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's obviously a backpack guy. The blight comes out, and he will take three shots at Javon. Crit threat. Nice. Uh, 20. Hit and miss. Uh, Will confirm his crit quite handsomely. Yep. 16. And deals him 29 points of damage off both hits. Um, as he does so, uh, you who have Gatekeeper out and have been taking swings at him with him, feel something strange happening with the blade. Um, when you look at it, it is beginning to shift. The metal on it is changing and has become this sort of vaguely fluidic thing. It's shifting from dark to sort of a colour of iron then back again. It's not materially affecting the shape of the sword, but it's changing what material it is made of. Uh, Erevetti's one starts doing it as well, and when he hits Javun, some sort of effect comes out of it when it touches him 
and a blue glow hits Javun and then surrounds him and then disappears from sight. And you may give me a sense motive check. Uh, 24. Javun pretty much takes this as a matter of course. You know, you have magic swords of some capacity. He knows jack shit about it. Uh, Irovini, on the other hand, wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah. Um, and you feel as he does this, Gatekeeper and Blight are reacting to each other. When you've done, when you've had it before, when you've pressed them into each other, they've actually started vaguely melting into each other in the same way they're changing materials now. Here you feel like Blight is working with you. You are aligned in purpose. Both of you have the same goal here. Yeah. And thus you get extra powers. Cool. Uh, as you have now both attacked, uh, then it is to you. Yep, okay. And that happens basically when both of you take swings at him with your respective weapons, once everybody joins in as well. Mm. And then you will also see Irovedi is kind of surprised by this. He looks at his sword, not quite expecting that, then looks at yours. You can hear the sort of gears whirring away as he thinks about what this means and what he can do with this. <laughs> um, did Irovedi take damage striking through the wall of fire? Uh, no. It, ta- it deals damage when it comes up. Yeah. Um, because it's facing out to you and goes foom. Um he does not have to pass through it to hit him, however, oh, cool. because he just jabs the sword through. Okay. Uh, if he has to walk through it, he will take damage. Yeah. But at this stage, Javon's been doing other things. Yep, so, um, Kaelon will then, instead of moving to flank, Javon will just strike him from the side of the wall. Yep. And, um, Kaelon will, um, nod to Rivet, he has comment about the tower shield, but, um, will simply stick with Gatekeeper. Yep. He does not have um, that prepared at this particular juncture. Alright, and that first one is really terrible, but it's a 27, so that should still hit. Uh, uh, yes, indeed. Cool. So I'm chopping, changing between Aerobeti yeah. and him, neither of whom I'm... Yeah. Massively familiar with the character sheets. So, 22 points of damage on the first hit. Sure. Uh, 30 to hit on the second hit. Um, yep, that'll hit as well. Yep, so that's... Uh, another 22. Yep. And... Uh, the third one misses on a 22. Yep. And, um, as Callum um, as strategies says... You keep making this mistake. Our kingdoms may not be a patch of yours, but we're not people who cross. <laughs> and um, particularly not both, pissing off both of us at the same time really wasn't a smart move. Uh, and you may make me... I'm just trying to think what this would be. Uh, you were trying to work out what Gatekeeper is doing that it yeah. wasn't before. Some kind of um, knowledge check or intelligence check or something like that. Yeah, um, 
I would give you better results with something like Arcana or use Magic Device. Yeah. As you have neither of those, go for Intelligence. Yeah. Uh, 25. So, the blade has changed in materials, and it is flickering between the two of them to the extent that it is counting as both of them. It's gone from being a plane, what you had originally was steel. It is no longer steel. When you're looking at it, you definitely recognize one part, because it's adamantine. Yeah. Um, and the other one you look at, and it looks like steel, but it isn't. It's cold iron. Oh, sweet. Um, so this is of no real use to you against your own. Yeah. But um, Gatekeeper is now counting as a cold iron and an adamantine weapon. Wow, awesome. Uh, moreover... It seems to twist slightly unusually in your hand as it bites into Javon's flesh, but then doesn't pierce any deeper. Um, like it's got some sort of bane ability on it, but it's not against the type of thing that he yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can only use its special, the special abilities that it has. Yes. Yes, so your sword is now cold iron adamant, ad, and adamantine simultaneously has some sort of bane property on it, but it doesn't satis- it's not satisfied by an extra planar fire or 3D. On the other hand, um, you know, I'm already... You know, Javon doesn't have DR against me, so I'm already hitting him for lots of damage. Yeah. Like, logic would suggest to you that it's probably something to do with a gatekeeper's purpose, because among other things, it does corrosive acid damage, which is expressly because that's what hurts things from the outer dark more. They're all vulnerable to acid. Yeah. Um, ergo, the Bane is probably something to do with horrible monstrosities from the Out of Darkness. Yes, it makes very good I, I was actually already theorizing that it was an Out of Dark Bane. Alright, and then we are back to Javon. Uh, and he will make a spellcraft check. Uh, where is your spellcraft? So it's actually still good enough to do that. Uh, recognizes that Erevetti has an invisibility purge up, doesn't yeah. bother casting more invisibilities. Um. Yes, Kaelin's realizing he should really buy a scroll of sea, but he should really buy a potion of sea invisibility. And I have too many things to track. Uh, what's Erevetti just watched you do? Proficiency um, bastard swords. Uh, no, no, because you're double handing it. No, I'm so it, it's um, I'm full attacking. Um, I'm just I'm just doing three. I'm just doing three attacks with the yeah. weapon. Yeah. So, so learning you are a high level fighter, which is not um, brilliantly exciting. Yes, but um, Kalen's um, this fight is not um causing Kalen to draw. Um, he did see me. Um, I presume the crit fumbling and then getting. And then getting to re-roll is a, um, something he can observe? Yeah, somewhat. It looks like you're about to stumble, and then you manage to recover with uh, almost bizarre grace. Yeah. Um, it's something he can see happening, but it's not something he can see the source of. Yeah. You haven't cast a spell, and he makes a spellcraft check and fails to identify it as some sort of ongoing magical effect. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he will do this. Um, 
he brings his hands up around the Felsian and then cracks his knuckles really loudly and the war fire explodes and right. goes boom in this big cloud of smoke and flame bursting off it. It seems to just kind of pass harmlessly over him without yeah. doing anything. As to you, um, the fireworks, the, the light goes in your eyes very blindingly and you need to make me a will save. This is blinding. 27. Uh, I is going to tank that. Yes, he is. Oh. Um, so you feel this light searing into your eyes and then push through this effect and can see again. Uh, you do not go blind. Um, the area fills with a thick cloud of smoke. Um, to the extent that you cannot really see anything anymore, because this entire area is just blanketed in smoke. Um, and then Javun is effectively unseen by you. Right. You cannot see through the smoke at all. There's this big, choking cloud of it. Okay. Uh, and can you make me a fortitude save as you are coughing and choking on the smoke as well? Uh, 31. Yeah, you... <clears throat> a couple of times. Yeah. And you hear Vetti breathe slightly more laboredly and shrug yeah. that one off with it. <coughs> okay, so the smoke is such a thick cloud that I can't see anything? Correct. Uh, all your sight is entirely blocked. Okay. I mean, you can still swing at him anyway, because you can guess you know where he was. Yeah. But you don't know if he is still there or not. Yeah. And, um, Caleb will say, well, the smoke's too thick, I can't see. I'm gonna try and figure out where he is. Understood. And then it's hit. Yeah. Uh, so, unseen by you, you hear intonations as he pulls out another scroll and casts something. Yep. Uh, and that is the entirety of his go. That's fine. Then there's you. Cool. Um, Kaelin will make a full attack on the square in front of him where Javon was standing. Cool. So, among other things, you can actually five foot step between these blows. So if you take the first one and you don't feel anything there, you can then five foot step. Yeah. Um, the... And I've got, I think, a 50% missed chance because I can't because see him. Because he's functionally invisible to you. Yeah. Um, the first thing that you can give me... Is a this perception. Let's call it either spot or listen. Your choice. Basically, a perception roll, but we're not using perception in this one. Uh, twenty-three to listen. Yeah. So you felt the heat of the wall of fire go out and disappear as he basically blew the wall of fire up into this yeah. pyrotechnic effect. Um. However. A moment later, as you were starting to swing, you realise there is still heat there. It yep. was gone, and then it's come back. He's cast another wall of fire cool. in the intervening time. Sweet. 
So the same line is at least in front of you. Yeah. And go to. Alright, and Kaelin will, um, 5 to 10, 5 to 10 is a hat on the mischance. Sure. Uh, so he misses with the first one, yep. and get, draws no information about where Jiro um, is, so he swings with the second one, and gets a 9, so that's a potential hit. Uh, he gets a 22, and alas, misses with the second blow, so yep. he draws no, no information. You feel nothing, and do not hear him dodging or moving away, You because among other things, if he's there and you hit his AC, but don't pass it... Then you go clunk and feel it hitting something. Yeah. He is not in that square. Cool. Um, Kalen will five foot down. Yep. And strike at this square. Cool. Um, and this jumps. And miss with the smoke. Yep. Um, and, um, Kalen will say in, um, Dwarven, he's not standing right where he was, but I haven't found him. I understand. Then Javun. He also can't see through his own smoke. So, there is a flicker and a flash as to the left of you a scorching ray goes through that square. Yum! Um... And then you hear Javon's mm. mm-hmm. As clearly he like he's attached to the ray, he recognizes it doesn't hit anything. Yeah. And that is him. Okay. Uh Irovetti has done his thing. What else has he got in his bag of tricks? If you've got a gust of wind, this would be an ideal time for it. That would be kind of a big one to whip out. It's kind of only useful in the specific yeah, circumstance. Yeah, Actually, getting murdered all that badly. Yeah. All right. So, in uh, within your sight, so he has to be able to see him to use that. Thought he had something clever, but uh... yeah, it's remarkable how few spells you can cast when you can't see your target. Uh, I think on the whole, um, you hear from Eravithi intone another spell. And you hear some sort of grinding noises, like metal popping back into place and that sort of thing. Uh, He is repairing his armor in some fashion. Right. Given that he can't see Javun, there's a limited amount he can do. Yeah. Uh, And he will also call out to you what you have observed. The wall of fire is still there. Be cautioned. I can hear it. You have learned each other's capacities blinded. Yeah. <laughs> and then it is back to you. Cool. Alright. Um, so, um, I mischanced this square. Yeah, would so... this be helpful to you? Yeah, so I know he's not there. Yep. So I'm going to strike at this square again because I don't know he isn't here. Yep. Okay, so I mischance on the first hit. Yep. And I potentially hit on the second hit. Um, that's a miss, but it should tell me... Same again, he is not there either. Okay. Um, 
Alright, given that he's a large creature, I, um, my belief is that he cannot be here. Yeah. Um, so I am therefore going I mean, to... he could go out into the melee, but then you would probably hear him going, argh, argh, yeah. as people stab him. So I'm going to five foot through the wall of fire. Cool, you do so. Fire burns you. For 16 points of fire damage. Cool, I take 6. Yep, no problem. Alright, and um, then I'm going to swing better, better my third hit. Yep. Alright, and miss chance. Um, but I call out to Ravetti and Dwarven. I've moved in through the fire. I think he's more towards the back. He's not at the front. I think he's more. He's not by it anymore. I think he's more towards the back by the press of the melee. So you failed the mischance on the third one. Yes. Cool. So, so you don't, don't, I don't. I get information on whether he's there. Because to to clank off his AC, I have to hit the right area, or otherwise I hit a bit of the five foot square he's Good. not in. Uh, among other things, in fact, you would see this when the wall goes up. He put it around here because there's no particularly compelling reason he doesn't want he wants to stop the armies getting to you yeah so it was the first one was there the second one might or might not be in the same yeah shape because he seemed to just go and yeah. walked around in the shape of his choosing okay so that was you uh Javon uh can hear people out in the darkness makes a perception Ace is that one. And you hear this <laughs> noise of another beam of fire. There's a brief flash of light somewhere in front of you. Um, and then you hear no sound of connection. And Irovetti, no. As it misses him because of the smoke. Sweet. Because Javon has missed chances as well. Yeah. And then it is back to Irabetti. Yes. Who, alas, cannot use any of these things because they all rely on his sight. And he is more than smart enough to know this. Uh, if he has a gust of wind in his pants, he doesn't use it. I think probably he doesn't. Um, it is a very specific thing. What he will do is step forward. And he will step through the wall of fire as well. And you hear the slight crackle and pop of fire burning over metal for a brief second, and then everybody just appears to step through untroubled. Yep, the wall of fire rolled low on the damage and didn't surmount as the air. Then he will swing and miss. Smoke, swing, and hit from smoke, and hit solidly. Sweet. So at which point we'll pause. Um, and you hear the clang somewhere in front of you in the smoke. And Irvet, he says, he is, between, he is between us and down. Between us and south. Sweet. Javun is standing there. Yes. Uh, so he connects with that. Having established this, he swings the third one. And we'll... Hit the mischance on that, uh, and not passes AC. Yep. Uh, tink, chink, tink, uh, 
16 points of damage, and again in the smoke you see that faint flicker of blue light surround Javon and press in on him again. Cool. Sorry, you said he didn't surmount the AC, or he did surmount On the it? third, on the second one he hits with. Yeah. The third one he hits the miss. He passes the mischance, but doesn't hit. All right. So that right. He, he does, his AC doesn't pass the AC. Right. I see. So this is the second hit. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, because I was working out his hits. Because if he. Yeah. Yep. If I could see Javon and ask how he's looking, but as I can't, I can't. Yeah. All right. And um, Kalen. Uh, yep. Will. Mischance, three hits. Okay, first one misses. Second one misses. And third one misses. The um, the smoke is just, is causing some, some problems. I'm, I'm changing D10. On the other hand, at least you would have if they made the... Um... And as Aravidi doesn't seem to be having a lot of problems there, he presumably either... Saved against the blindness or um, removed the effect after the fact. Yeah. And that's that. Uh, and to the LVLD. Uh, another round goes by. Back to Javon. Oh. Realizes now that there are people standing near him because they are stabbing him. Yeah. Uh, and he will turn his weapon upon you and you see flashes of blade coming through the smoke. As he simply shouts at you, sounding hurt and very, very surprised by it. It's been a long time since anyone put him in his place in this fashion. He's simply, die, play king! Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets a mischance yeah. on his attacks as well. Okay, so he will pass the mischance on the first one and almost certainly hit you. Uh, he will crit through you. Oh, that's not good. And fail to confirm the crit, one safely imagines. Uh, that's a 24. Yeah, definitely doesn't confirm the crit. So, one hit, uh, another pass the mischance, and 30 to hit your AC. Just hits my AC. And the third one also passes the mischance, and... But, will... What is that? Three... Uh, that is 31, so that will pass your AC as well. Oh, he hits me with all three. Ouch. Yep. Fails to confirm the crit. Well, that's a good thing. But I know he hits like a truck, so this will be painful. Yep. So, 9, 12. I'll just add all this up in one yeah, hit. Yeah, that, that um, would you've be You've got like... no DR or anything. No, except for against the fire damage. Yep. So, yeah, you take a d6 of fire with all of these, which does nothing, so yeah. I'm not going to bother rolling it. Yeah, it's a bit of a person that he's making all his mischance checks. That is going to be a fuck ton of damage. Uh, that is 80 points of damage all up. Ouch. Yep, that does hurt a lot. Right, so... And you hear Javun as he hits you, <clears throat> wince in pain several times as the damage backlashes on him. 
It's got to be what Tom, Gatekeeper, another thing Gatekeeper and Blight are doing. Yeah, it, is, it is not an effect that is on Erevithi, or at yep. least it is not an effect that is just on Erevithi. Sweet. Well, that's my money then, Gatekeeper and Blight. Um, All right. That is Javun's turn. Yep. And at the end of his turn, uh, what happens to the smoke? Not terribly familiar with this spell. Uh, the smoke very rapidly seems to just thin out and disappear, like it's been blown away by a wind, but at extreme speeds. Awesome. Effectively, you recognize a spell duration is running out. Sweet. And then, the, so the smoke doesn't literally just go, foof, it's gone, but it goes fade, 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 gone. At the, at the end of his round, no more smoke. Excellent. And Irovetti looks over at you, and you've just taken a horrible fuck ton of damage. Yeah, Kalen looks like... He's, um, you know, um, he's not, he's not about, about to drop, but he certainly couldn't take another one of those in the... Is he bloodied? Uh, very much so. Everybody will. You are injured. Wait. And... What do you do with his life? Uh, he will step to here, pulls out a scroll, again seems to focus and concentrate really well, and casts what's obviously a cure spell on you. Oh, awesome. Uh, 31 points you get back again. Sweet. Alright. Um, yep. And Kaelin looks considerably better. And he learns that 80 hit points hurts you. Mm-hmm. Well, like if you're a sufficiently high end barbarian with yeah. 250 hit points, yeah. that would be news to him. Yeah. And that's Castruccio Rivetti. Cool. Alright. Um, and Kalen will um, not thank you kindly and um, concentrate on hitting the big guy. Alright. And he gets a 31 hit to <laughs> How's Javon looking now that I can see him? Um, he's still up. He is past bloody, but not substantively. Yeah. Alright, and that is... Let's see if we can do something about that. Uh, 22 points of damage. Yep. Uh, that's rubbish. Miss on the second hit. And crit threat on the third one. Yep. And I am going to... Um, Spend a card to confirm that. Cool. Kalen's current juncture. Get yourself the hero points out. Um, yeah, I have um, around 60 now, so um, I can't survive another one of those. Right, just make a little look. Yeah, he's got a hit with all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No miss chance at all, but... Yes, but... Um, and now that Castruccio's healed me, it's not necessarily that if he did, I'd die, but um, it's definitely um, Kaelin's feeling alert. Plus, it's the third hit, so the odds of me confirming it aren't very good. Yeah. Break out the snake bite, the vision, and the courtesan, none of which... Seems super relevant to my current situation, and arbitrarily hits the snake bite onto the max. Sure. 
to confirm, and he auto-confirms the crit. Yep. Would like. He will. So we've got the damage you've got plus five. Alright, so that's... It's a better of a crit. 34 points of, um, greatsword damage. Very nice. Yep. And now Javun is looking pretty awful. He's not about to fall down on the next sneeze. Yeah. But you have cut heavily into him. And he, at this point, is looking very much afraid. His eyes are darting from side to side. He has no, um... He he has never been in this situation. Yeah. The thing about you is that you're big and strong and you've always been big and strong. You've always had power, and you've always had money, and you've always had influence, and you've always been a ruler. Well, that ain't me. I'm big and strong, but I've been small and weak, and I know how to survive in all kinds of situations. And I think that's something that you're going to wish you had very soon now. And... Javon looks around, his eyes startled, endeavours to regain some of his bluff and confidence. And he says, There will come another day, mortals. And begins to fly up, and goes about two foot in the air, and is then just inexorably pulled back down, like something is sticking him down. <laughs> so he flies, but he doesn't fly enough to get anywhere useful. Mm-hmm. So, gook. Uh, and he has used all of that, and all of that, and all of that. Uh, alas, he cannot plane shift at will, much as his heart would desire to. Yeah, I, I love Titania so much. She's, she's just so great. Uh, and... What you have seen from what Erebeti is doing here, um, he has some ability to take 10 on concentration checks. He can yeah. draw scrolls out really quickly. He seems to have a lot of different scrolls and options available to him. Yeah. And he's obviously either got multiple casting levels or lots of used magic device or both. Yeah. To be honest, what I'm getting from this is I really don't want to fight Erebeti. Functions like blah. Now we're getting into the high-end spells that I no longer know. Uh, Javun's eyes dart from side to side. He realizes he can't fly out of here. And he reaches down into what must be the fairly small pockets of his loincloth and pulls out what looks to Kaelin like a small bead. Um... As he is fumbling around there and trying to pull it out, though, he has neither quick draw nor lightning draw, and this is not a weapon he is drawing, so he provokes from both you and Aravetti. Sweet! I hit him. Or at least I tried it. Yeah, no best chance anymore. Yep. 38. Everybody will click that as well fairly easily. 17 from Kaelin. And 10 from Aravetti. So that's 27 total. 
And Javon looks pretty god-awful at this point. Yep. Um, so, again, what you see of Rivetti is he does not um, hit as hard as you, but among yep. other things, he isn't double-handing yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, makes he, a moderate difference. Yeah, I wouldn't be hitting this hard if I was single-handing it. Uh, and I will give you more information on what he's doing or has done, but so as not to overload you or give it to you when the fight with Javon is over. Yeah, that's Because it's fine. not like it's going to make any practical difference to what you're doing here. No. Uh, cool. So Javon fumbles around, pulls this bead out, and then throws it down at the ground between the three of you, basically. And there is a BOOM! as something explodes, and you and Ravini both get a reflex save. Twenty-two. Natural one. <laughs> uh, right. So, as this thing is exploding, you basically turn away, take the impact on your back, and just sort of flinch slightly as it hits you. With the air of a man who's been set on fire a great many times. Yep. People do this to Kevin on a fairly uh, constant It also basis. sweeps over Javon, who rolls a natural 20 and sweeps away with it, moves with the moves with the force and ignores it entirely. Man, I thought it was going to be fire damage and he could just stand there and take it and not get hurt. No, what it, is, what it appears to be is telekinetic force that is coming out. It's not a bead of fireball. Uh, it looks like the beads you have seen, but it's not orange. Uh, and he, and he had blue, to draw it out of his bag. And right. it does something else. Right. Um, basically, this is force damage hitting you. Yeah. You have negated it entirely with your reflex save. You don't, oh, need, sweet. You don't need evasion for this. Sweet. It's you either pass and get the save, or you don't. Uh, five. Uh, Irovetti does not save and takes 16 points of damage. And then you see it goes boom and explodes, and then this sort of translucent bubble uh, surrounds Javon. It doesn't appear to be hot or burning or doing anything over much to you. Yeah. But he's basically got this spear around, spear of sort of vaguely transparent. It looks like a slightly thicker bubble, basically. Yeah. It is around him. And as, alas, he has used up all his quickened powers for the day, that is pretty much what he's got. Yeah. He pulls out the bead, smashes it down, and Urabeti looks at this. You recognize the you recognize the effect, of course, he says to you. And um Carolyn, um Nay, never seen that one before. Yeah, and he is basically um endeavoring to measure Kalen's level of spellcraftery and that yep. sort of thing. Um, you can endeavor to bluff him on this, or you can just admit you're basically a mumbler with no ranks in spellcraft. I, I'm content to admit that, yep. because um, Kaelin's, um, Kaelin's bluff is a mighty two, and Erevetti's yes. pretty good yeah. at this. Erevetti, on the other hand, clearly recognizes what this thing is. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, he's a high spellcraft character. Yeah, yeah. but um, Kaelin's really good at hidden stuff. Uh, is that actually one of his things? No, it is not. So, 
Spellcraft is not a thing that he can take ten on. Um, he looks at, studies it for a few moments, and then he says to you in Dwarven, a resilient sphere. It is immune to any form of damage that we could bring against it. The effect can be dispelled, but as long as he is in there and we are out here, we cannot harm each other. I suggest looking scared of his mighty magics and taking some opportunity to heal yourself. Under ordinary circumstances, he could dismiss the sphere, but I do not believe that is the case since it has been created by a magical item instead of his own spell. He, you, and I will simply have to wait till the duration runs out, as we have no other options. He says, and then there's a pause, and he sort of experimentally pokes at the sphere with his sword that just kind of bends bends off it entirely. And then he says, at least until at least until I elect to spell it, but I have no incentive to do so until we are until we are in sufficient fighting form. Mm-hmm. So what he's telling you here, it's a sphere. Javun can't get in, you can't get Javun can't get out, you can't get in. No physical objects or magic are going to pass through it. Um Javun cannot dismiss it because he has created it from a magical object instead of casting his own spell. So he's basically going to sit in there, presumably with the vague hope that something will change in his life. Yeah. Um, and Eroveti suggests that you, as basically suggesting you guys sit out here and go, oh my god, what do we do about this? Yeah. As opposed to, oh, we'll go through this in three rounds, but let's drink some healing potions first. Yeah. He's proposing you do exactly that. But, but, um, but, but we, 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 he's proposing that we look as thwarted as we can. Correct. In an effort to convince Javon that we're genuinely threatened by this tactic as correct. opposed to, um, letting on that Aravetti can dispel it anytime yeah, he wants. I mean, this is not a great tactic on Javon's part, but presumably if he had vastly better options, he would be deploying them. Yeah, well, I can see the, um, you know, versus inevitable death hiding in a bubble it, seems pretty good. He has a very impressive sword that he can hit you with, but has clearly come to recognise at this point he might be able to drop one of you in a round, but he might well not, too. And, and he certainly can't drop you both. And, of course, from his perspective, killing... Well, I'd be very unhappy if he killed me. He'd be even unhappier if he killed me yeah. and then Aravetti killed him. Well, also, from his perspective, he still doesn't understand why he can't plane shift out of here. Yeah. But perhaps that effect will go away and he just waits it out. And, indeed, possibly, um, I, I believe that's a relatively long-duration spell and the plane shift is not infinite. Yeah. If we didn't have the ability to dispel it, we might conceivably be in some yeah. trouble. His or, his plane shift is um, infinite. He yeah. can plane shift all day long. Yeah, but um, Titania's blocking ability Correct. is not indefinite. Correct. She has not closed all plane shifting around here forever. Uh, for a horribly long time, though. Mm-hmm. I believe. Because both Tristan and Erevetti would be able to tell you this uh, dimensional block. Yeah, so they're they're not going anywhere. Um, this is barred for a couple of weeks. Ah, right. Okay. So he's definitely not. Um... Yeah, Javon, however, does not recognise that fact. And, and as well, you know, he doesn't know his. Neither he nor Kaelin knows that his army is going to lose this conflict. Correct. If, um, his yeah, if he just sits in here and waits it out, yeah, this is his victory coming. Yeah. All right, so Eravetti will sort of poke at this. Kale um, says, "I sounds like a plan." Eravetti will sort of poke at this experimentally, 
um, look kind of looks over at you, watches you for a moment, watching you watch him, and he's sort of having a debate with he's fairly obviously having a debate with himself at this point about do I do things that will help me, but then Kalen will see them happening, which I don't want him to, but on the other hand, you know, dying here doesn't avail me either. Yeah. And in the end, he makes the slightest sort of sighing noise, <laughs> reaches round into his bag, pulls out a spell, and starts casting it. Um, and he... It looks like something is happening to him, but... Um, for one thing, he has been hit several times. His armor has been dented in several places, but you have not seen a lot of blood spraying mm. out or that sort of thing. And when he casts the spell... What happens is his armor starts effectively undamaging itself. There's a lot of punk, 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 punk noises of metal, and it starts popping back into place and smoothing and polishing itself out. So I'm going to make a call here. Yeah. Um, I believe because I've seen Corwin do this a number of times. Yeah. I believe he's casting Make Whole because you can't heal first. Yeah. First is Gollum. He doesn't get healed by healing damage. He gets healed by mending. And yeah. I believe the Rometi is mending himself. Yeah. Uh, it he gets is, healed, healed by Maycol. It's some, it's some variant on that. It's clearly healing him. But the way that is manifesting is it is fixing him rather yeah. than healing him. Mm-hmm. And that's not something he would like you to see, but he doesn't have any better option here. Yeah. Uh, that will be 32 points of healing. So he looks almost fine yep. when this goes off. Um, and among other things, this looks like substantively more than Corwin got out of first. Yeah. It's a bigger bigger than what Make Hole was doing. Sorry. So did he... Ca- and he cast that off a scroll. He cast that off a scroll. He yeah, scroll I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen him use any spells that aren't on scrolls at this point. Correct. So I think it's unlikely that he has his own spellcasting ability. I mean, so you know how this works, basically. He can use the spells, if the scrolls, if he's used magic devising it. Um, you have watched him use both clerical ones, and um, they. you don't know what this thing is. It, yeah. It could be a clerical one, it could not. Um, so he's used that, that, that. Uh, everything you have seen him cast thus far, I believe, is a clerical spell. Um, ergo, it's possible he's got like some levels in cleric because he only needs one or two to be able to cast the scrolls. Period. Yeah, like sixteen wisdom and a level in cleric lets him cast six level scrolls without having to do anything. Yeah, uh, and that is him. He pulls this out, goes punk, 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 and pokes experimentally at the wall, which at the sphere, which does nothing. Yep, and to you. Cool. Um, will, um, poke the spear with his sword, sword and do his best to look thwarted. Yeah. Um, and then, um, draw and drink a potion of cure serious. Yep. There are looms that he routinely carries around a bunch of potions of high level um, healing spells. <coughs> Alright, so that's 3d8. Great start. And... This is a fairly naff potion of cure serious. It's 10 plus, um, what's the, it's plus 10, isn't it? Because it's, uh, what's the... What are you, cast, what are you using yourself? Potion of cure serious. I'm just cure saying. serious is, um, max of 
max of 15, um, minimum of one, three, minimum of five. So five on QS Heroes, because it's a third level one. Right, okay. Um, and the second, because the, um, QL Moderate's a plus one, isn't it? QL Light is a plus one, one. first level cleric spell. Oh. Cast by first level cleric. Yeah, and the second the one is The second one is three, the third one is five. Cool, so that's 15 hit points back. Yep. Um, so Kaelin looks, um, Better, but still a long way from tip-top fighting condition. Yep. Um, in spite inside the sphere watches out between the two of you. Uh, endeavors to cast something. Um, I don't think... How long does visibility purge last? Good while, I think a Jivlin knows it. One minute per level. Cool, so he is not going to bother trying to mm. become invisible again. He snaps his fingers several times, sort of looks to the heavens, and nothing happens. And Eravidi says, he is endeavouring to play and shift again, still to no success. And, um, Calum says, good and torn. Passes back to Eravidi. Eravidi looks at you, and you get a sense motive check, as he does a thing, and he completely whuffs his bluff here entirely. Excellent, 16. Okay, so his eyes are locked on the gatekeeper as he does this. What he does next, he is doing vaguely to continue his I don't know how to get through this sphere thing, because he's he's basically waiting on you to give a right, I'm as good as I'm getting, go. Um... So he knows this is not going to help him get through the sphere, he's just fucking around. But what he wants to see is what will happen with Gatekeeper when he does this. He sheathes Blight and reaches into his pack and draws out instead what looks like a lance. But um, no lance that you have ever seen before. It has got clockworkings in and around it and several sort of lines and bits in it and that sort of thing. Um, he pulls that out and pokes it at the sphere, which of course does nothing. Uh, he watches Gatekeeper to see what will happen, and then looks down at Blight, and both effects just continue to go, even right. though Eravidi is no longer actively wielding it. Cool. Um, and do you have any sort of um, weaponsmithing type things? No. Okay. Cool. He has a very weird lance. Cool. It, it looks like it has several lines and bends in it that serve no actual purpose. Yep, no, jewellery smith's not weaponsmith. Cool. Uh, I'll take that, actually. This is a piece of extremely fine clockwork construction. Okay, I will roll my craft jewellery, but I get a ten. I am not the most proficient jewellery craft- crafter in the world. Okay, so what you see on it, uh, you've seen when you make, like, little amulets and that sort of thing, you have, um, for lockets here, yeah. where you can open them. They yeah. have hinges and lines around the outside and that sort of thing. That's what his lance has. It opens, or bits of it move, or something in that neighbourhood. <laughs> you you can't comp- you can't comprehend how or why, but it bits of it move or open or something in that neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. And that is all of him. He watches this, poke, poke, oh no, I can't get through the sphere. Cool. And Galen will draw and drink a potion of pure moderate. Yep. Um, in a deliberate attempt to mislead Eravetti about how many potions of pure serious he routinely carries. Yep. Because I'm not in a tremendous hurry here. And 
That is another nine hit points back. Jan comes running in from the battlefield, um, moving directly and deliberately towards this fight, as if he's been summoned on his what was on his way here already. Something he has clearly shown up in response to the fact that you are fighting Jivun, yeah, as opposed to unintentionally, and that is pretty much his round. Yeah, he appears and enters the battlefield, and everybody looks, looks around. One of his one of his disposable men. Javon appears to have no qualms about sacrificing them. I. Uh, hey, what do we do now? And Kalen says, "And Dwarven, break break the thing and try and take Javon down, or just pick this fellow off." Are you still? Do you still? Do you still require additional healing? I'm good. Uh, uh, and Kalen shrugs and cracks his neck slightly. I'm uh, I'm well enough. That would be wise to fin- that would be wise to finish off his support while we can't while we can do so un- unmolested. Aye. And it's your turn. Okay. Then um Kalen will five foot. Yeah. Javon looks briefly chaired as his backup shows up. Yeah. And um K- Kalen will look the Jan up and down and says and says to him, "Boy, they ain't paying you enough for this." Yeah, he does. He does not look happy. <laughs> All right, twenty-five on the first hit. Whack. That is fourteen points of damage. If he's not got any kind of acid, well, yeah. um, he immunity. does not, same as Javon, he's probably got resistance to fire of some kind. Alright, Kalen hits him with the, attempts to hit him with the second hit, misses and gets a reroll. He crit fumbles and gets a reroll. Yep. And um gets a twenty-four on the second hit. Whack. And that, that the last one I rolled really poorly on the damage, not not so much this time. Uh, that's 24 to hit. That's 24 damage. Cool. So the Jan comes running in, you know, scimitar out, ready to fight, and Kalen basically just turns to him and vuk, 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 eviscerates him with a couple of hard blows. Yeah. He takes over 30 points of damage and goes splat. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. And they step out back into delay again. Yeah. Javon has endeavoured to plane shift. He endeavours to do something. He endeavours to do something again, and irrevocable. He is attempt. He is attempting. To- he is attempting to travel elsewhere to a different planet. It, it does not appear to avail him against her. All right, and um, Kale, Kale will say. 
Hey, do you want to take the thing down now before more of his boys show up? I believe so. If you are ready. I am. He will reach round, pulls out a scroll, and casts something. And this doesn't seem particularly hard. The second something hits the sphere, this spell hits the sphere, it just goes... Yeah, flip disappears out of existence altogether. Um, and that is... Uh, he will put his lance away and get the tower shield back out at the end. Yeah. And then we are at you. Cool. Kalon will five foot step in. Yep. And full attack, Javon. Yep. On three misses. Alright, the first one's not a miss. Go on, really, really low damage. It is actually kind of crappy damage. That's um, 16 points of damage. Uh, yep, he's still up. He's fine. Cool. Everything is fine. I hit him again. That's a hit on the... Um, his AC hasn't gone up or anything. No, it no. has not altered from what it was. Cool. Um, Alright, and that's not as crap on the damage. That's um, 20 points of damage. Alright, he drops to minus 16. Okay. Um, as this is your killing blow, yep. you may do it. You may describe this as you please. Alright, um, so... Um, Kaelin will see see the see the blood. He's got the hat, sword in his hand. He's feeling good about this. And he looks Javon up in his big big eye and um um says, "Nobody touches my wife. Nobody touches my friends." And nobody's taking my kids! <laughs> Great sword, straight to the chest. Whack! And it goes through the chest and out the other side in a spray of blood that looks slightly off-colour for human. And then Javon sort of looks down at the blade. You pull it back out again. He looks at the gaping wound again, kind of incredulously. And he looks at you. Play king. You cannot... Seriously, think this collapses. Yeah. And just bleeds out all over the ground. Sweet. And as he as he drops to the ground and dies, Kalen will actually spit on the body and um say something in orc, which yep. um trip the subtitles elves elves come up, Death to the Weak. It's an um it's something it's a um it's an orc curse for people who just weren't up to the uh, muster. It's not something Kalen had virtually says. Yeah. But... Uh, and you may give me another... It's, it's, a, it's a flash... It's a throwback. Another sense motive check. Sweet. You will probably pass these. Yeah, yeah I just net-20'd it. Iravetti watches what you were saying with curiosity and interest, but doesn't follow it. He does not speak orcish. Cool, that's a useful piece of information. Hey, obviously he speaks... Um, Whatever common is in this one, tell Dane. Tell Dane and Dwarven. Uh, and he speaks Dwarven. Yeah. And he may speak a host of a whole host of other things, but he does not speak Orcish. Yeah, which is useful because if Michaela and I want to pull the same trick on him, we can speak Orcish. Ah, uh, actually, everyone in your party except Britain can speak Orcish. Swedlana can. I think I'm pretty sure she's got um, lots of points in speak language because right. she was your diplomat. Yes, that makes sense. Um. Tristan has a big pile of languages and does. Michaela is a half-orc. Yes, it does. does, does, yes. Uh, and 
Ah, Svetlana has self-taught scholar as a trait that gives her speak language as a class skill. Ah, uh, yeah. And thus has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine languages that she speaks. Wow. One of which is Orkish. Who did she get to teach her that out of interest? Would self-taught you? scholar. Ah, uh, yeah, she taught. taught herself. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and then Eravetti can say anything he Javon wants to. Drops to the ground. Um, Eravetti will move up, check him, sort of poke him lightly with a foot, check that he is, um, check that he is properly dead. His eyes spin and surveil the battlefield where there is still fighting around you, but he, um, but. It is reasonably evident to you and Eravetti both that you have won the day. At this yeah. point, your armies are pushing off this way, and the battle is now passing over you. Yeah. And the Jan are in, in hasty retreat, but don't look like they're going to make it. Yeah. Um, what you pick up from your sense motive check is Eravetti looks at Javon, checks he's dead, looks around for other threats, never looks at you warily to see if you're going to take the opportunity to stab him in the back or anything of the sort. He actively expects you to behave in the way that he predicts that you will. Yeah. Um, you've made a deal with him. It doesn't really even cross his threshold perception that you might choose not to honour it. Your actions yeah. in the past have been consistent with you keep your word. So he just takes that as a default. Like, yeah. Michaela would trust you, but she would never, ever do that, even while she trusted you. Yeah, yeah, if Michaela had made some kind of a deal. But also, she's just more... She, she doesn't trust anyone 100% and of the time, 100% all the time. It's almost foolish from um, Irovetti's point of view. He yeah. is extending trust well beyond the reasonable here. Yeah. Because you... Basically, because you're very strongly incentivized to stab him in the back of the head. Yeah. Um... From many points of view, it might yeah. not actually be a good idea. Yeah, yeah no, uh, well, but uh, certainly, uh, Kellen's um, only ever uh, Kellen would never do that. And at least one of the reasons is because um, he's at le- he's only at slightly over half a hit point total, and yeah. uh, he really doesn't think he could take her a penny. But this is not so much because he thinks that you are the sort of person that keeps your word. It's not so much because he trusts you. It's more a mechanical reaction. His estimations of you say that you are a person who keeps your word, therefore that is what will happen. It's he a, doesn't account for the second possibility because... It's an if-then condition. Very much so. It's a, it's a programming decision. Yeah, yeah. There, he is, there is, he is there thinking is mechanically no, about no, this. Your past no predicts your future. There is no point where you break left. Yeah. So... From that perspective, yeah. if I decided to hand Brennan um, Gatekeeper and first over to him at some point, that would actually throw him off? Because yes, he would be very surprised by that outcome. Because I've made the decision not to consistently, yeah. therefore that's the decision I will always make. Yeah, he has asked you three times for that, and yeah. every time you have declined him, and each time it has been a slightly different proposition. The yeah. first one, he... Um, I can't remember if this is entirely accurate, but it's more or less. The first one, like, he offered you basically cash and that's and assistance and that sort of thing. Yeah, the first time he just offered to buy first, and he offered me 75,000 gold pieces first. Yeah, yeah. And so, I turned it down. So he offered you straight money. Yeah. Um, the second time he offered you effectively aid for your kingdom in the form of information, he'll yeah. tell you about what, what turned out to be Drelev's secret plans. Yeah. Um, to aid your kingdom. You didn't bite on that either one, either. 
And the third one that he gave you was force. Yeah. Give me what I want, or this big army yeah, behind yeah, me yeah. will kick your ass. Yeah. Um, and having... He's never gone back to the same well again. And yeah. Having exhausted all those options, he's now running on the theory that there isn't anything he can do to get them from you. Yeah. Which is correct, but his... It's sort of illogical how logical he's how logically he's thinking about this. Very much so. He is not accounting at all for your human emotion, for your variability. He wouldn't account for something like the fact that Bryn might elect to sacrifice herself for the good of the kingdom. Yeah. You know, and he certainly isn't accounting for prospects like, say, Bryn might kill herself rather than be captured by him. Yeah. Because from his point of view, there's no logic there. She yeah. gains nothing from this outcome. Yeah. I mean, the reality is um, there are probably no circumstances under which Caelan would surrender Bryn. Bryn might surrender if Caelan was dead and the kingdom was in dire straits, but Caelan would... It's just not something that Caelan would do. Yeah. But he certainly... It, you know, I certainly didn't anticipate this outcome. He's certainly capable of changing his mind about that decision depending on what, yes. what was specifically dire circumstances. Uh, and the other thing you pick up from Erevetti is almost a sort of contempt, not not directed at you at all, but directed at Javon, and it mostly came up when the Jan comes running in and dies for his master's fleeting tactical yeah. advantage. Erevetti finds that actively distasteful, the fact yeah. that Javon has just wasted all these lives um, for no purpose. Like, Erevetti is a guy who will spend his people very carefully. Yeah. He is not the sort of man that will commit them to a suicide charge. Yeah. Um, I mean, presumably if there's some mighty strategic goals to be gained. But in this case, he'd never have a minion come out, distract you for a round, die horribly. Yeah. Uh, no, Kaelin will um, nod to Rivetti as though resuming the conversation they'd had uh, 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 earlier. It's bad leadership. The... Um, a poor bastard didn't stand a chance against either one of us, much less both together. Even if he'd um, brought in five of them, it wouldn't have slowed us down very much. The Jan are lesser. The Jan are lesser beings to the to the other to the other four races of genie. It would be as if you had forced a peasant levy to take out pitchforks against me. A purposeless waste of their lives, merely designed to show his power. Ultimately, it brought him nothing. Uh, it's like killing my way through Draylon's boys all over again. We shall, we, if it is amenable to you, we will assess the we will assess the value of what has been taken today, and and split it between us. I basically both on a personal level and on a kingdom level. You've just beaten two armies and get a pile of bill points for them. Presuming you didn't actually settle this at the start, although you actually might have. Basically, he'll take half. Yeah. Javon's stuff, he will take half of. You can have the other half. Uh, and, um, Callum will not. Aye. The, um, uh, your folks can, um, rest up a bit once the battle's over before you move back south. Alf, uh, you don't have to be pushing off today if your boys are injured. I understand. That will give us time to um, see to a fair allocation. Right now, we might as well go back in there and um, help with the mopping up. Indeed, and he turns away from you. Yeah. And the moment he does so, 
you feel that sensation from Gatekeeper disappear. Yeah. And when you look at it, the blade is back to its ordinary steel. And you very much know what this is because you can feel it deep within your core. For a, mo- for a few moments there, the two of you were completely aligned in purpose. You had exactly the same goal. Both swords were being used for the same goal. The second, as soon as this fight is over and Erebeti formally basically says, okay, we're done here, you are no longer aligned on the same goal. You are now opposed again. The swords go... It's, yeah. So that's what's about that. It's, yeah. it's aligned in purpose. It's nothing yeah. to take away from that. Makes sense. Cool. Um, which does mean, unfortunately, that you can't have Tristan um, come and run and identify on it to see what it's doing now because yeah. it's no longer doing it. Yeah. Uh, and biddly biddly bee, that's pretty much that. Yes, and um, I think Kaelin and Uravesi wade back into the battlefield yeah. and discourage, assist in discouraging the remaining Jan from um, yeah, I making mean, this this a go, making this a go. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of just a massacre at this yeah. point because they have nowhere to run. But Erevetti is very clear that he does not want them to flee off into the River Kingdoms and do whatever the fuck they please because yeah. they don't belong here. Yeah. So he's quite happy to just murder them all. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, indeed, you're wiping out their army, so... Yeah, yeah, I think, um... I, I wouldn't think we slaughter them to the last man yeah. because at the point that some of them surrender, Kaelin is prepared to take that. Yeah, yeah. Erevetti will very much have, you know, if we're keeping them, then we're keeping them... Um, in fact, the smart one to do would be, um, he will say, you know, if you wish, if you wish to take prisoners, do you, uh, do you wish, do you wish to take prisoners, or shall we simply end them all? They have no place here. Nay, but if they surrender, I won't, um, I won't have them wiped out, out at that point. We can, um, presumably send them home at some stage. I would not advise allowing them to roam further into the River Kingdoms as they will. If any of them head towards Pythax, I will exterminate them. I um, have no intention of allowing them to roam free. If you if you wish to take on the if you wish to take on the expense, you may simply house them in your prisons. Among other things, when the dimensional lock on this area ceases, they will be able to plane shift away. I, I'll um. That works for me. I'll have a word with them. They do not belong here. The River Kingdoms belong to mortals. Aye, they do. And then really again sort of gives you that vaguely. There's, there's now a slight contempt in there because yeah. he would just murder them all because yeah. he thinks they serve no purpose whatsoever and would have no qualms about doing it. Yeah. But this is this is not a point Kalen will bend on. Yeah, yeah. Erevetti doesn't care enough yeah. to push the point. If you want to house the prisoners at your own expense, that's totally your business. Yeah. So um, what we will do is this is a hard this is a hard fight. Yeah. Um, we won't ask them to surrender. Yeah. At the point that they voluntarily surrender quickly enough, yeah. some of them may live. Yeah, yeah. You uh, I would imagine that given the battle is going very much against them and they have nowhere to retreat to, at some point yeah. some of them will surrender. You, you end up with basically a couple of dozen Jan in your yeah. custody. And Tristan will be able to confirm whatever it he says. Like, they're more or less like people, so you can yeah. kind of just chuck them in a prison cell and they'll stay there. Yeah. Uh, they can plane shift out, except they can't. Yeah. And when the dimensional lock expires, presumably they'll just sit there and try and plane shift because yeah. there's no reason not to. 
and eventually, sooner or later, they will quite literally disappear from your prisons. <laughs> so, um, Calum will actually have a talk with the prisoners. Yeah. And, um... Alright, and, um, sort of the, um, Calum strolls up to them. So, you boys came here to take what's mine, and I don't take kindly to that. I... Er, Castruccio Arvetti and I killed Jubon. We we saw, oh great and powerful, mighty high king. I'm not going to kill you because you surrendered, and that's not my way. You can get when your um when your power comes back, you can get yourselves back to your own city, and that and we'll and we'll have done. If I ever see any of you boys in the River Kingdoms again, we're taking all of your heads. And the guy will kneel down and completely and utterly prostrate himself at your feet and start salaming. Yeah. And he says, Oh, great and mighty High King, thank you for your infinite mercy. We will do anything you say. We will serve you. We will answer any questions you have, etc., etc. So they just fold like a cheap suit. Sweet. Um, and... Yeah, they're very much dominated by their nature. They have yeah. been used to Javun telling them what to do. Uh, they can tell you more or less exactly what he's been doing, but it's it's not really anything you don't already know. Yeah. Um, so, for the last about 50 years, he has been casually going, plane shifting to the mortal world, um, impersonating people by changing his appearance and disguise and that sort of thing. Um, uh, did a little uh, seducing woman with, you know, handsomeness, wealth, and power, basically. Yeah. Um, sleeping with them, more or less disappearing as soon as he's done his business. Um, they have children. Javon has some sort of vague method of tracking where his children are-ish. And basically, he doesn't care about them, but over time, you know, this, the Jan estimate that he's probably sired somewhere in the neighborhood of a thousand children at this point. Um, and about 15 of them have become powerful enough to, because they've all started on a higher plane. They're, you know, better, yeah. higher statted people, effectively. And about 15 or so of them have gone high enough to pass 10th level, at which point Javon has again sensed, you know, ah, my progeny has become strong, and gone and collected them. It's usually yeah. reasonably easy, depending on where they are, because there's just not that many 11th plus level characters around. Yeah, um, that's also when they qualify for legend lore because they're now legendary characters because yeah. to get to 11th level they've done a whole bunch of amazing shit yeah. um, then he shows up and basically goes looking around for 11th plus level adventurers that could be his progeny yeah. um, and, takes, and takes them by whatever method he starts by generally just kind of walking in and going ha 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 I am the mighty genie prince yeah. um where applicable, he offers them wealth and power, come and be a general in my forces, you know, yeah. come and serve me loyally, etc., etc. If people don't go with it, he takes them. This is not the first time he has attacked somewhere with an army. Yeah. Um, they have, among other things, raised a couple of villages. Yeah. And taken the people, and when they're not surrendered, Javon basically says, okay, kill everyone and we'll take the ones we want. Yeah. Yep, I feel pretty, I feel even better about killing him. Yep. 
Um, so basically what I'm looking... I don't think I necessarily need to roll it, but what I'm looking for here is an effect and intimidate check of the equivalent to Gregory. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but um, I'm getting the impression that they kind of come pre-intimidated. They have no earthly desire to come back whatsoever. For among other things, they have no stake in this conflict whatsoever. They would actively want to avoid it. If Jordan yeah. wasn't there telling them what to do, they'd just leave. They have no personal interest in raising your kingdom at yeah. all. They don't care about Jivlin's children. For all they yep. care, you'll uh, Brink and fuck off and do as she pleases. Yeah. All right. So um, that's what we'll do: is um, house them in a not not startlingly pleasant bit of the prison yep. and give them very basic food and water. Yeah. Um, Kaelin doesn't feel overly invested in treating them well, but nor does he feel overly invested in treating them badly. And then, um, you know. When the cells are empty, we'll stop feeding them. Yeah. Trust will tell you that basically um, they will die if they spend too long on the elemental planes, but because they're linked heavily to the mortal world, the material plane, they can stay here indefinitely. Yeah. So effectively what will happen is you just kind of feed them for a bit, and then... After a couple of weeks, the jailer goes down and comes back with a report, yeah, everyone's gone. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I'm, I'm content with that. Slaughtering surrendered prisoners is, is something that Kalen's explicitly barred from doing. Although he's not a current member of the guild, he still considers himself bound by that provision. Cool. And it's also kind of not something that's very lawful good. And you collect a bunch of stuff. Yes, which I meticulously divide with the remaining. Yep. So um, some of this is build points and some of this is treasure, so you can have that however you, in whatever order pleases you. Um, Well, we might as well have the treasure first, because I've got my... uh, I'll just dig up my treasure sheet, because I've got my um, thing out here. Okay, so um, Erevetti will basically get all the interesting magical crap that Javon has on him. Um, he will identify it alongside Tristan and will quite literally get you to split the costs of the identify exactly 50-50. Among other things, Tristan will take you aside for a quiet word in here and um, he basically says to you, so we're we're going to keep our arrangement with the Clockwork King, aren't we? Well, we swore we'd do it. Yes. Oh, good. Um, it's it's occurred to me that you might take advantage of the fact that he can't teleport away at present. I'm not saying that it's tempting, but um, it's um, for, practically speaking, it's a bit of a naff idea given he's here with all his armies. Um, we probably pra- from a practical standpoint, he's not necessarily any easier to take down than he usually is. I couldn't agree more. And um, from a moral standpoint, um, I'm not not in cl- He's um. Just saved quite a lot of lives. The um, if he had um pressed the fight, it, it, it would have lost. And um, just generally, it's not good practice to um, break your arrangements no, I, just because it's convenient for you. I agree with you entirely. I just wanted to make sure you you knew. I um, basically um, yeah, because the area is dimensionally locked. Irovetti also can't teleport out. Neat. Mm-hmm. So he is, he and his, uh, his army will have to go out of yeah. the way anyway because he doesn't have 500 teleports. Yeah. But he and his army are going to have to walk out of the area before he can do anything fancy. Yeah. And um, this might be an opportunity to ambush him, but yeah. 
I Kaelin mean, just wouldn't. For all Kaelin knows, he's got a magic carpet rolled up in his, yeah. rolled up in his handy haversack, which yeah. is entirely possible. Okay, so what does Jivlin have? I wouldn't do it even if he was just here personally, at which point we probably could take him, given that he's next to our city with all our armies, and um, considering he's here with his armies, he's not actually necessarily easy meat in any case. Three, four... Cool, so Javon has four magical thingies on him, so Erebeti will get you to mark off 200 gold from your party fund yeah. to cover the cost of two identifiers, and he will do the other two. Okay, because we're not letting him know that Michaela can just do that, I would imagine? If you want to save yourself 100 gold, you can. No, I think I'll... Like, he's not prepared to hang around here indefinitely. No, um, I'll mark 200 gold off the party fund. I'm going with what Michaela, I think Michaela would want. Would yeah. Michaela want to not reveal any of her abilities? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're now in downtime mission yeah. in several hours. So yeah. You can easily go off and talk to whoever. Um, Irovidi is not a fool. Like, he doesn't separate himself entirely from his troops, but he doesn't seem, again, doesn't seem the slightest bit worried that you're going to backstab him. Yeah. Um, Kaelin will explicitly advise, like, his counsellors and, you know, and... Van and us and his army commanders that we're not going to backstab Uraveti and that his troops aren't going to fight us and that we're not going yeah. to fight them because that's one of those things Kaelin wants to be abundantly yeah, clear yeah. on. Orders are passed to everyone. Uh, yeah, Uraveti has several people that he needs to pass orders to. With his clockwork army, it's easy. Just says we're doing this. Yeah, everyone obeys immediately. But yeah. the river raiders need a lot more corralling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, deadly, deadly, deadly. Uh, Tristan passes a luck check, so you get the slightly more interesting half of this identified by you, because that will give you a vague piece of information. Yep. Uh, he is wearing a plus three breastplate. Cool. Um, I'm just going to write all of this down, and then we can straighten out um, which bits are actually staying. He has a ring of force shield, which is a magical ring that sort of projects a shield off it, basically. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Um... He has two beads of force, identical, that's the same thing he threw. Yeah. Now you can identify what it is. Um, And the one that you end up identifying is his Felsian, um, because Tristan will identify this, and he says, oh, it's it's meant to be used against someone. He sort of cuts himself slightly experimentally on it, and then looks at it, looks at it again. Cuts himself a little again with the Felsian. He's de- he's still hitting himself. He's dealing very light amounts of blood to himself. And he's... Oh. Curiouser. Curiouser. It doesn't work on me either. Uh, this is infused with magic. It has a vicious quality about it. It will deal extra damage to foes, but some to the wielder himself. Which is what was happening to him. Ah, it's a yes. vicious weapon. And he says, and it's designed to kill humans. It doesn't seem to do anything extra to me. Or to Erebeti, the looks of it. Aye, Kaelin says very quietly. So, it is a plus one vicious human bane, Felsian. Right. Um, and the extra information this provides you is that Iroveti no longer qualifies as human. He yeah. is now of a different creature type entirely. Yeah. Which could be several things, but, you know, Construct yeah. would be a pretty... Yeah, um, yeah. Helen's um, definitely thinking about getting him, uh, putting Construct Bane on some, one of his weapons. Uh, among other things... 
I believe you can do that, right? Construct is yes, a type. Yes, construct of... is a creature type. Yeah. Does seem logical given all the clockwork dunes as well. Uh, I have a vague idea. Oops. Yep. Cool. Uh, so when this comes up, um, you can go off and have a word with Bryn. Um, because among other things, she has a Golem Bane Scarab on her, which allows her to ignore the damage reduction that Golems have. Yeah. Uh, and allows her to detect constructs. Sweet. So she will sort of move close to Rivetti, you know, fiddle this thing and just watch him. He sees her doing it, but he's not exactly prepared to throw down about it. Yeah. And she comes back to you. <clears throat> Saw him glowing in the magic. Not human at all. Not, not human enough anymore. He's a construct. It flickered slightly. So he is of creature type construct. Sweet. What the reading she is getting is he is not 100% a construct. He is not just a complete and utter robot. But he's more man than machine. More mm-hmm. machine now than man. Yeah, in the same way Kalen is an orc. Yeah. But if you had to ask, but if you asked what his creature type was, it's orc. Yes. Because <laughs> you are orc blooded, so you don't yeah. take all the extra human vein damage. Yeah. Uh, Tristan's creature type is no longer human. Yeah, it's fey. It's now fey. Yeah. It was human when the campaign started. It yeah. has shifted as he has embraced his changeling heritage. Because the theory with the changeling thing is if they're thinking, if they yeah, think they end they're up human, being what they think they are. Yeah, if they think they're human, then they're human because that's what their fey power is bent towards. Whereas now that he knows he's fey, he's no longer. Um, and then Javon also has on him a kind of vaguely ridiculous amount of um, shiny things. He has a very heavy gold necklace with Jacinth set in it, four gold bracelets, two on each arm, and four gold rings. Awesome. Uh, respectively worth a grand total of 15,400 uh, 15, cool. <laughs> worth of fab- fabulous jewellery. Mm-hmm. That is a ridiculous amount to be wearing on his person. Yes. It serves no purpose. None of it is magical. It's purely ornamental. Alright. And that's that. Yep. So what we need to do now is divide this treasure between ourselves and Uravetti? Yeah, I mean, you can do that later if you want. Um, If you put it in a box, I'm perfectly happy to... um, you know, Erebetti takes his half of the money and thus you get the other half kind of thing. Yeah. Because, among other things, Erebetti doesn't desperately want a lot of this crap. And yeah, yeah, well, um, I'm thinking, you know, probably neither of us want. He's not desperately... Like, he would probably consider briefly the human Bane Falcian, but he's not desperately in the market for it, particularly as he's just seen it doesn't work on you. Yeah. Um, so, none of that overly speaks to him. Uh, he might be interested in the Ring of Force shield, but he's not um, invested in arguing for it in any fashion. Taylor's not interested in the Ring of Force shield. And while he doesn't want it or a Betty to have it, of course, doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if, if you don't give it to Aravetti and instead sell it and split the money, then everybody will just go buy his own one if he yeah, wants it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's definitely... Um, I don't repeat keeping my deal with him, but it's definitely painful giving him treasure that he can spend on buffing himself personally and giving him four points that he can spend on buffing his armies. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely what I need to do, but it does hurt a little bit. Okay, so that's, that's yep. that. 
Yeah, my other thing is you don't want to start a fight with him now that you've moved all your armies out of Elksrest's defences. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just plain don't want to start a fight with him, you know. Uh, He's, he saved my, the thing is, he saved my ass. I mean, if he had been prepared to continue battling me while I was battling Javun. Yes, he'd have had a good shot at pulling him off, but. Yeah. As he said, he doesn't need to fight you because there's someone else he can fight. Yeah, that, which I'm still deeply interested in what that means. Um, Erovetti uh, shows no interest whatsoever in making small talk or conversation with you. He yeah. will have several conversations with you in the day about practical matters and what yeah. you're doing with X. But unless you want to try and draw him into it, he's yeah. not invested in speaking to you. Uh, among other things... Um, you will see the same sort of thing you've got. He has no, he, he just runs on the expectation you won't backstab him. And likewise, um, he very much keeps to his half of the deal again, almost mechanically. He yeah. has said this is how it's going to be, so that's what it is. Yeah. It's not necessarily that he's incapable of lying, but it's definitely not his default. Yeah. I mean, well, in fact, I know he has lied. Yeah. Because there was the whole thing with the Iron Rates. Yeah. He said it was Wyverns, and yeah. then he said, I lied about it being Wyverns, it was me. Screw the Iron Wraith, no yeah. one's allowed to come in and just yeah, sit I mean, on It was Wyverns was less a lie, he was desperately trying to convince people of it, or just, yeah, someone else did that, fuck off. Yes, but the point is, he wasn't 100% honest. A, a diplomatic nicety, perhaps. Yes. But yes, yes he, is, he is capable of lying, he is not stunningly good at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, he appears to have not startlingly wonderful old sense motive and absolutely terrible bluff. Basically, he's... Um, I'm also guessing his diplomacy is the highest stat de- ever. De- depending on how you take it, he is either a very machine-like human or a very human-like construct. Huh? You know, he doesn't behave 100% mechanically like a construct does, but he doesn't behave like a person either. Yeah. So, um, basically, Kalen's, um, you know... People um, essentially fought up. Yeah. We give her, we treat give her him, a very a birth because yeah, we we get we get we treat him with respect and um, but we effectively endeavor to avoid giving away yeah. too many more of our capacities now yeah. that yeah. we're and out he of will, combat. He and will make he no effort to same. he will make no real effort to enter your city, yeah. or openly spy on you or anything of the sort. Yeah, um, both. Armies are quite tense here. Yeah. Many other people are either expecting to betray them or looking for a betrayal. It's really only yeah. Rebetti who just blows this off altogether. Yeah. So Caelan will actually do some work with his people to make sure yeah. everybody understands that it's we just, are keeping It's this. just tension. Nothing is yeah, but, uh, but it's one of those things where you want to make certain that all the armies know that this yeah. is what yeah. we're doing. And this is about the point where if Gudineska was still a counsellor, you'd hear some sort of shout of, oh my god, the king's being murdered, and everyone starts fighting again. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons it's so great that she is not. Yeah, well, also, uh, it would have probably caught up with you by this point. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that is that. Um, you... We'd never have made it through the whole way through the Amag the Twice Born plot without finding out. You loot Javon's armies for their massive horde of scimitars and crap like that. Yes, and gain a bunch of will points. And these I will just flat divide with the Rivetti straight off the bat rather than um, naffing around. Uh, so, 
you derive a grand total of um, 11 build points total from both of those armies, yeah. which you then split with the Rivetti and basically both walk off with five apiece. Yep. And the um, rest is a processing fee. Yep. Yep. It's it's distributed around your armies, but yeah, uh, yeah. rounding goes down. Yeah, you know that's fine. Um, so the um, that won't cover the cost of activating my armies for two weeks, but it's a start. No, it never does. Though. Yeah, um, the only sort of armies that you could loot that would pay all your armies' bills are so much more powerful than you that obliterate you anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's war only loses you money. It is never in your interests to go to war, except yeah. for the the broader gains that you make out of it. It's not about what you loot out of the army. Yeah, yeah. the um, taking another kingdom is potentially profitable. Yeah. Although only really in the long term, because in the short term that loses you money as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, difficulties of war. Yep. Alright, so... So we divide, divide that, and we come to some arrangement about how we're splitting the treasure, yep. which will work out later when I actually do my treasure division. Yep, yep. Erevini is not desperate to walk off with any of it, so... Among other things, you can be damn sure he doesn't want a plus three breastplate. Yeah, yeah, I mean... <laughs> you don't actually know if his armour is removable or not. Yeah, but um, the point is, if it is, he's got better armour than... Um, yeah. Um, so, and he will come to you at the end of this form, has formed up his armies, and gives you the sort of nod and vague, um, vague salute. And he says, twice marked. We have reached, we have reached the end of our arrangement. I will pull my armies back across the Pytaxian borders for a duration of 30 days. Aye. Our war is not over. Didn't think it was. But it was good to like fight alongside you this once. We 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 proceeded under very different circumstances than what we have been today. But to remain unchanging is to become stagnant. Nothing can simply sit as it is forever. One of us must win this war. Aye. I will see you again, Caitlin twice marked. And he and his recruits start retreating, your spies shadow them over the borders to make sure yep. they go, and of course they do. Yep, and um, as um, once there um, once there are a few days is south, my armies begin moving back to their um, customary positions, and then once they've settled in, go inactive. Yep, all good. So I only have to pay two weeks activation as opposed to three because we don't spend a really long time having this battle. So I will um, look up the cost of having all the armies active. Sure. Um, before you move on to that, do you want the um, stuff you observe about Erebiti and that yeah, sort of thing? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so you've seen um, he's obviously a reasonably good fighter in his own right. He knows what he's doing with the blade. He appears to be quite proficient with a bunch of martial weapons. He's got tower shield proficiency. Yeah, he's got tower shield proficiency. He's got martial levels in there somewhere. Um, he doesn't hit as hard as you. Um, he is not as strong as you. Um, he. Uh, moves very quickly for a man in such heavy armour. It didn't seem to slow him down in any way. 
Possibly because he's not a man in heavy armour. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, what he appears to be wearing is basically sort of like bronze plate mail. Yeah. Bl- bronze full plate, rather. Yeah. Um, within a unique mask, but by no means, um, you know, most people wear helmets with their full plate. Um, but he moves really quickly in it. Like, it's either light or he has special powers to move in it or some such thing. He moves at what appear to be perfectly normal 30-foot speeds. Right, yeah. Um... Because Caelan's not slow either, is he? Because he's got boots of striding and springing. Yeah, so, I believe so. I know Caelan's got 30 foot movement. Because he's got the 40 and then back down. Yeah, and um, the boots would be the logical explanation. Uh, he speaks Dwarvish, which is probably um, largely meaningless to you. Oh, I, I think it's actually kind of good to know. He, uh, yes, um, uh, no, I, um, Caelan doesn't have boots of striding and springing. Caelan still has 20 foot movement. Right. Erevedi goes faster than you, then yeah. he has 30 foot movement. Um, he has a bundle of scrolls sitting in his pack. Yeah, and will doubtless replenish them with new ones. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, he has a weird clockwork lance of some kind that yeah. probably does something that you didn't see him need to demonstrate. Yeah. Uh, he has blight. Uh, he was openly carrying on him two heavy repeating crossbows hanging down from his belt as his ranged yeah. weapons. <laughs> like, big fuck-off crossbows. Yeah, yeah. They never needed them there. Um, but he does have them openly on display, so he yeah. can grab them when he needs to. Um, primarily, you'd guess, so he doesn't have to fill his extra-dimensional space with 40 pounds of crossbow. Yeah, and I think he's got 50 pounds of tower shield in there, and there's only so much space. Yeah, yeah, the um, handy hammer sack is not a definite capacity. Yeah, the scrolls take up fuck all, because they're just yeah. pieces of paper. Um, beedly, beedly, beedly. But if he's got some backup weapons in there, like I do, yeah. it doesn't take that much to fill up that kind of space. To take 10 on concentration tricks is obviously a high spellcraft character, um, and quick draw, lightning draw, and I think that's about all that he demonstrated. Yep. Cool. We good. We good? Yep. Okay, and... Oof. So yes, so um, I'll note down the army costs, and then I want to have a conversation with um, my team about Iravesi specifically, because yep. I've now observed a bunch of things about him. Oh, that was the other one. Um, Tristan will ask if he can, now that Iravesi's gone, get Michaela to do another identify on Gatekeeper and see if it pings as anything different. Sure. Um, and indeed, it does produce different results. Interesting. Um so, Michaela and Tristan talk about this, they come back with it, um, and effectively, Tristan says, I think now that you've aligned as an intention with Blight, uh, be it very briefly, um, it's, sorry, I can stop if you're trying to do math. No, no, you go ahead. But I think once you've aligned it with Blight, it very briefly gained new abilities that were then that were then no longer activated once the once blighted parted ways with it. Uh, they're still there, though, in the blade. We can identify them, we just can't activate them again. Uh, so, uh, basically, the abilities it has that are not currently, a- currently active, it is a plus two corrosive bastard sword. Yep. Uh, currently inactive is the fact that it counts as a cold iron and adamantine thing. Yeah. Uh, and Tristan will tell you, Gatekeeper is meant to kill the strange, that which lives outside. It is aberration and chaotic outsider bane. Oh, cool. 
alas, if we are lawful. Yeah, and it's um, only those things when it's aligned when, with life. Correct. Um, the other one you could pretend you could in theory do is fool it with use magic device into thinking that you have blight with you. Yeah. Um, which would be a thing that you could do, but no one is a use magic device character, so yeah, it's not really an option available to you. But in theory, you could fool the sword into thinking that and thus garner its second capacity. It's just you'd have no reason to do that if you hadn't seen it work. What's the other one, Cal? So in Gals- theory, Iravetti could do that if he's got his midlife. Vice, yes. Um, Cal to Outsider and... Aberration. Aberration Bane, yep. Weird shit, basically. Yes, it's a very useful ability, but only really... So, um, you could conceivably, um, if you were a two-weapon fighter, um, and had exotic weapon proficiency, wield both bastard swords and one another. And, and a minus four penalty to age. Yeah. But yes, you could. Yeah. Because they're not light weapons. Right, yes. Even, even exotically, they're just one-handed mm. um, martial weapons. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, in theory, if you were so inclined to get two people with two bastard swords at once, you could. Yeah. Um, you have also, Tristan will say, we've also seen that the two blades merge somewhat together when you press them into each other. It's entirely possible that when you, if you have them both, you can form them into one. Interesting. So you wouldn't necessarily have to wield them both at once to garner the ability. <laughs> Tristan can only theorize what would actually happen, whether you'd get all the abilities or whether you'd get some of Blights and some of Gatekeepers or whatever, but uh, he's theorizing that it must be possible because when you push the mm. two blades into each other, they start to merge. So one... Kalen will gather his party, his yep. four people, and have a conversation about Crustrucio Rovetti, what we've learned about him, and how we can fight him in the future. Yep. Cool. Um, Everyone is up with the play. So, um, if I were hypothetically to battle the Clockwork King in personal combat, I kind of don't feel like Gatekeeper would be a particularly good move based on what happened when I fought him with it the last time. And um, will look expectantly at Tristram. I don't think you need to worry that he'd be able to uh, forcibly push them together. What you describe is instead of the press blades, they began to meld slightly. But as long as you're simply doing your fighter thing and pinking your weapons off each other, um, parrying, that's the word... um, I don't think you'll see that. If, I don't think you'll see that effect happen to any noticeable degree. Of course, there is always the possibility that everybody could disarm you of the weapon and then merge them or use them both. You could do the same in theory. I was thinking about just using the um, adamantine greatsword against him and um, avoiding the problem. It would make sense if he's a construct pierced through that armor. Get to whatever's inside. Well, I was actually... Now that I know that, and Kevin uh, will not have written, I was actually thinking of um, buying an upgrade for the adamantine greatsword. Mm. Um, uh, you have also seen there's no evidence that Eravity has inbuilt DR of any kind. Yeah. Many con- some constructs do. In fact, many do, but not all. Yeah, but the adamantine greatsword... It does have downsides because I wouldn't be able to... Um, use the tower shield on the other arm. Yeah. But um, it would have the advantage of um, not having to worry about any weird gatekeeper-esque magical effects. Yeah. So and if I say, hypothetically, 
bought construct, it's probably more expensive because it's adamantine. Yep. But if I have theoretically bought construct vein for the adamantine yep. greatsword, yes. which Erevini quote would. You are guessing would qualify as a construct. He could be something else entirely. Oh, no, he don't, can't, because you've detected yeah. him. Yes, he's a construct. Yeah, and the thing is, as well, you know, I know for a fact that he uses construct bodyguards. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, construct Bane versus Pytax is just generally a good move. And because the advantage... It, it's kind of a very specific thing to have on one's weapon, but because Kaelin uses so many weapons... Yeah. And the adamantine one is the logical one to make my construct killing sword. Yep. So um, that is Kaelin's actual plan. Uh, and then um, I will um, discuss with people generally. It, it seemed kind of like he was glad that Javon had invaded, because and that now he didn't have to fight us because he was fighting someone else. I, I, I'm wondering if he has, I guess, some kind of a geese on him. That was what I took from it too, says McCaleb. He said that there was no reason to go to war with us when Javon was he- when Javon was here to go to war with. I struggle to imagine anyone compelling the Clockwork King to do anything, uh, certainly not with bribery or force or persuasion. Blackmail, possibly. It would have to be someone... Yes, I, I see what you mean there. It... A, a geese would account for it, though. A gaius, I think, uh, um, says, says Tristan. Uh, such a thing would compel him to take certain actions at certain time periods. I was thinking if he'd made some kind of a trade for power. I mean, we know that he was a man once, and that he's not enough of one to qualify as one anymore. That's a fairly profound change. I never really looked into the options for turning myself into a construct, but one would imagine it's neither easy nor cheap. Yeah, Tristan sort of shakes his head at this. Uh, and in fact, he will roll a knowledge constructs here. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is why I get yeah, more Tristan together. gets out the blackboard again. Yeah. Um, he says, hmm, well... Based on what I know of constructs, uh, I let let me let me get my books and things, and he will potter off because presumably you're in no hurry. Yeah, yeah, that's his And he will come back with the Arcanist's art, his masterwork, knowledge arcana tool, yeah. and start pouring through and constructs, constructs. Hmm. Well, now I have a plus eighteen to knowledge arcana, and I will roll a one. Um. And he says, constructs are usually built by wizards, spellcasters, things of that nature. I, I mean, we know Erebeti was a man. Unless there was a man called Erebeti who built constructs, and then this is a construct that he built that assumed his identity? That's possible. Uh, it is possible, but I believe... He may not understand human emotion the way he presumably did when he was alive, in a more conventional sense. But he seems very much like the original. He's much more of a someone who was human than, say, first. Michaela nods at this. He says, that's my read on him. He's either a very human construct or a, um, or a very construct-like human. Tristan says, I can't think of any method by which one could 
turn oneself into a construct without killing yourself. The, the vital components you'd need to replace of yourself are entirely fatal. But then I'm nowhere near the master of the clockwork arts that if it's Erovetti who's building all these things is. I'm still wondering about that because the theory is that first was built by someone who presumably isn't Erovetti, given that he was built to prevent protect Bryn, and that Eravetti feels that he's malfunctioning and the way he is isn't the way he's supposed to be. And we did conclude that whoever built first built the other units in his sequence, the 38th and so on. They're the, too ones, s- the ones that are now serving Eravetti. They're too similar. On the other hand, Eravetti doesn't have a lot of folks around, talented folks surrounding him. And from the naming scheme, first was the first of that particular line, the 38th was the 38th of this particular line. It, I've always wondered about what what was going on in the Pytaxian royal family. And whether what who who built who built first to protect Bryn back then. But I think it's unlikely. It just doesn't make sense to me that it was a Rovetti. I can't say I, enti- I entirely followed this either. I, I don't know what I don't know what is true, but it doesn't feel right that that's the truth. I think we're only we're I think we're speculating at this point. Yes, it's a bit longer, but educated guesses can still avail us. It doesn't matter what he is or where he came from. We can kill him, right? Looks to Trista, Trista as well. Yes, I mean, even if he's entirely a construct, then he will have enough functioning parts that if they're sufficiently damaged, he will break, and his mind, his personality, will be lost along with it. That's all we really need to know in the end, isn't it? He'll be a tough fight. The um. He's um, got very good armor, and he can use a tower shield. Lies now flicked him with Kayla. He's um, got a lot of different magic capacity, and which means he can bring. He was mostly using it for defensive purposes and to counter the spells that Javon was casting. But he could certainly use it in a more offensive manner. Yes, I rather admire him for what you've told me. A man well prepared for several different contingencies. I um. He does remind me a bit of he, he does remind me a bit of you and while he's not quite the fighter that I am he's not far from it either the um I'm not saying we can't take him but I'd be more comfortable if it was all of us and um several other people versus him as opposed to just a few of us will likely be able to smuggle in we, we have more information now and we can work off that but it is a, um, it's not something I'll be taking lightly. I think Vordekai was a greater threat when we fought him. We had less capacity then, and he was a much darker evil. But, but, but then we got very lucky with Vordekai. If it hadn't been for that, um, all those extra tricks to um, counteract his powers, he could very easily have killed us both. And the Clockwork King has the thing that makes a foe most dangerous. He's intelligent. He that, thinks about what he's doing continuously. Th- that that does worry me. He's not the first intelligent foe, uh, but I confess I'm pining a little for Draylith now. But as you say, his actions have 
left us somewhat baffled. He clearly... I, I do not think he has any great interest in the land that makes up Stagthorn. This has been unoccupied for a great period of time while Pytax has been active. He was expanding at some point. If he wanted to claim this, he could have, but he simply stopped. And he hasn't claimed even the a majority of what's available to him. I mean, the Iron Wraiths have been gone for a while. He's made no moves on the land to the north of his own borders. Nay, what and if he is somehow geese to fight wars, it's something he's that's either only come upon him recent. It's like it's something that's only come upon him recently, for he certainly hasn't fought many. It could be a political obligation, such as the Church of Gorham have put on us. Uh, Erevetti is certainly someone who would keep his word. Aye. The, um, to the latter. Uh, the Church of Gorham are the only ones I can think of who would benefit from um, a, a war for the sake of a war. But ha- or not the Church, perhaps, but Gorham himself. Erevetti is a follower of, of his, and if Gorham is in some way related to what happened to Erevetti, perhaps there is a certain amount of war that he must fight. The Lord and I am, and the Clockwork King. There it, is a certain amount of logic there. It's just a guess, but uh, I think in this, I think this, I could end this war at any time by giving him what he wants. I could be wrong, but that's what I believe. Yeah. Trust in, trust in sort of chaos. Very likely, very likely true. Obviously, we are unwilling to do that, but, you know, not. No, it's the same, not any part of it, it's the same as it was with, um, it's the same as it was with that little halfling. Ultimately, we're either prepared to stand up for our principles or we're not. I'm certain that he wants Rin and First and Gatekeeper for whatever his purposes are, but uh, for any reason we cannot just give people into slavery. Aye. And, um, it's... He doesn't see any way he can get... It may seem like a disproportionate response, but he doesn't believe, I think, that there's any way that he can get them out of us except by force. He's tried diplomacy, such as it were, from him. Uh, I mean, Tristan says... He's sort of still flicking through his books, you know. I can tell you the basic history of Pytax. Um... Samuel Samuel Erevetti, his father, was the founder, the first king of Pytax. Uh, Castruccio succeeded him, and to, to great effect, Pytax was vastly smaller under King Samuel's rule. Uh, Castruccio expanded rapidly and then simply stopped. Whatever council he was keeping, he kept very much to himself the entire time. There's not a lot of public history released. There are things that are known from outside the kingdom, uh, public events like the Zadigerberg murders, that sort of thing. But um, as to Arabetti himself, he is very much a, a figure who has kept his history hidden. So, People are always telling me about Pytax's rapid expansion. How long was it expanding for in years? Um, Tristan will look this up. And basically this, the sequence of events goes... His father, who was Samuel Rovetti, um, 
basically founded the kingdom under very similar circumstances to how you did. Mm. He was basically a leader of a group of people and decided this unmarked... He didn't actively come from Rubble. Mm. He, he just sort of decided this unmarked area would suit him nicely. He had enough people to set up and... Yeah. And basically formed what at start was a village and then effectively over the course of his reign became a large town that called itself a kingdom. Yeah. Um, he died from all intents and purposes, naturally. Natural causes, yeah. Um, Castruccio, his son, succeeded him and just went bam, and over the period of about five years, not to a T or anything, um, Pytax went claim, 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 stop. Yeah. And at some point, he just stopped absolutely dead, and that was the end of it. Um, and at that point, Pytex very much closed off and kept to its own things, and yeah. that's very much in keeping with the time of um, about when he stopped is about when he became the Clockwork King. That's what I was wondering about. So before that, he wasn't necessarily doing the yeah, reclusive like, hiding in his manner. So Tristan has, has rolled his knowledge history here for this and can tell you that there are a handful of accounts of him being seen at assorted, you know, um, rushlight tournaments, yeah. political balls, marriage, weddings, that sort of thing. Um, and nothing remarkable has been noted about him, like the fact that he's continuously dressed in brass armor and no one has ever seen his face kind of thing. Yeah. So presumably he just walked up to them as a perfectly ordinary human being. Yeah. Um, and... He has been seen at them with his queen, um, who has not been heard from again since the expansion stopped, basically. Yeah. She has just vanished from... Record. Yeah, Ir- Irvidi has very much largely stopped going out to things. He goes yeah. to things he is obliged to as opposed to things he might enjoy. And, the, nobody and he goes, goes as the clockwork king. And nobody, nobody goes into the, the palace. palace. And no, that's nobody presum- not know how. And that's presumably something that t- came about at the same time that he became the clockwork king. Yeah. Probably yeah. before that, I think the palace wasn't so shut up. And his wife has a name, but it's buried in there. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but she basically disappears from history um, when that expansion stops. And that's now a good while ago, um, several, um, a couple of decades at yeah. least. Um, In those intervening decades, has Pytax fought any wars besides the one with Grolton and, Dre- and Fort Draylon? God, that is nearly... Um, that is nearly 50 years at this point. Wow, okay. Miravidi um, was very young when he took the throne, like yeah. in the ilk of 18, 19. Yeah. Um, he's now should be reasonably old yeah. in the ilk of, um, you know, 60s or so. But this is one of the reasons why you have yourself turned into a clockwork golem. Yeah, well, he certainly doesn't appear to be showing any signs of age. Yeah. But then, you know, constructs do age, but at a ridiculously slow rate. Yeah. Um... I mean, if it doesn't give you who effective immortality, you're really getting the naff end of the deal. Sorry, I think I cut your question off there, and I can't remember what it was. No, that's okay. Um, In the time, like, he's been... It's been 50 or so years of Eravetti as the Clockwork King, Pytax doesn't expand. Yeah. Have they fought wars in that intervening time at all? Or just the ones with Grelson and Draylor very recently? Uh, They have had a couple. Um... Not extensively and not to any given schedule. It's not yeah. like he has a war every, every year. 
Um, or every if, ten every years ten, or something. Every ten years he does have a war, but not consistently but at the, the same, same time, time to match every decade kind of thing. Uh, yours is the only one he has ever started, yeah. however. All the rest have been bought to him. Like the Groltonans. For various reasons. People yeah. want his land, his resources. Yeah. They're worried he's going to build up and attack them. Yeah. Uh, some of them have been started by kingdoms that have insisted on him turning over the secrets of his clockwork men, and he's more or less told them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Um, the wars that he has won, he has not taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, he beat Grol- he beat the shit out of Grolton, and he took concessions from them, but he didn't roll over the kingdom, or yeah. steal their, or claim their land, or anything like that. He just left them pretty much functional. They yeah. paid a penalty for starting a war with him. But, but not a it. particularly substantive one. And Drelev is very much in the same basket. Yeah, he had to pay reparations, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah, so Erevedi has since stopped expanding and becoming the Clockwork King. Events no real interest in taking land, starting wars. Yeah. Um, or really a lot of anything. Yeah, yeah, he's a very... He's just kind of existed. Yeah. But he, he doesn't strike you as a man that has very strong desires. Yeah. Gatekeeper Brennan first are the things that he wants the most in the world. And yeah. And that's... Yeah, he's waiting patiently for them. Uh, yeah, very much like Narissa, he is vaguely constrained in how much emotion he puts into things. He yeah. wants them. He doesn't want them passionately. Yeah. Yep. And Kaelin manages to wind up with a nice solid 53 points, build points in the Kingdom Treasury, which is not staggering amounts, but considering he failed his economy check and fought a war, it could yep. certainly be a lot worse. I have recalled what his wife's name was. Uh, it's Cassiopeia. Right. It, I think it's pronounced right. It's that sort of Greek thing. Yeah, Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia, is that how it's pronounced? Uh, I honestly don't know how. That's how I pronounce it. That doesn't mean that's how it's pronounced. In any case, that's um, that's the name, because they both have those sort of very... Castruccio is not exactly... Moderate either, yes. Cool. Alright. That's fine. And... And yeah, basically, she disappears from the scene entirely when he stops. Yeah. And there's dead, a clockwork queen has never been sighted, but yeah. she could well be in, you know, just living in the palace and no one's ever seen her again. Yeah. Uh, and effectively, Pytax has not recorded or publicized their own history since then, so this is somewhat obscure knowledge. And a lot of the generation that grew up with Erevedi as a man will, uh, will now be dead. Yeah. And also, you know, it wasn't presumably all that many people who knew him personally, which is what it would take to know that. And one wonders if anyone else who knew him personally has just mysteriously disappeared the way his queen has. Cassiopeia, that's how it's pronounced. There we are. Alright, and... Cassiopeia and Crustrucio Erevedi. Yeah. <laughs> that are very unfortunately named children. Yeah. But of course, that's no longer a relevant point. Probably, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. in theory, but... Again, you don't, um... There, there have been no clockwork children seen. Yeah, yeah. Alright, um... So, Kalen's plan at this juncture... Yeah. Um, is um, he will actually go see Tristram. Yep. Um, 
So, um, we won't have any more trouble out of Uravetti this month, any, at any rate. Do you, um, want to go south and, um, maybe have a look at that, um, skull fence thing? That sounds like a great idea. We can see what's, um, what's there and you wanted to show me the mysterious boulder at the monastery. Yes. See what we can do with that. Alright. Cool. Um, so yes, this is the first time I've taken Fristrum out since the thing, so yep. I've got some stuff in mind I want to do as part of that. Yep. And, um, Caleb's going to buy a few things before he leaves and that kind of stuff. Yep. But, um, at this juncture I'm thinking, well, that can probably take place next time. Yes. Yes, we'll leave yeah. that there. So, um, we cut away from this and cut in, you know, a couple of days later when you're sort of organised and out yeah. the door of you and Tristan riding off, you on Noble Windchaser, Tristan on his fucking magical swamp running yeah, no, ethereal horse. I, I don't take Windchaser when I'm taking Tristram because Tristram and I slog through swamps, yeah. so we, um, I'll, have a mag- I'll have a creepy magical horse as well. Fair. Uh, next level they can fly. Not yeah. This level. <laughs> and off you go. Yes. And you and Tristan ride off into the sunset to heroically find what secrets lie within the clockwork kingdom of Pytax. Dum dum dum.